the college football experience conference championship week preview and FCS playoffs episode on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a thousand dollar risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simply picking your favorite player over and unders. Head over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a hundred percent instant deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to five hundred dollars in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io/sgpn. That's SoBet.io/sgpn. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. Your home for all of our picks and podcasts. You can grab it in the Apple Store or Google Play Store for free today. This is Brian Bosworth, aka The Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out. Boz out. Yes, yes, yes. Woo! Welcome. Welcome to the College Football Experience Conference Championship Week slash FCS Playoffs slash Random USC Cal Game. My name is Colby Swiggin, database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Double the price. But no one touches Dundee. Oh, 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 oh. Let's have some fun, folks. Season's coming to an end. I don't like it. All right. We want football year round, but look, we got to do what we got to do. We got the college basketball experience. Subscribe over there because we are talking college basketball six days a week. I'm bringing you a show over there year round. We're talking college basketball on the college basketball experience, but this is the college football experience. Subscribe, tell a friend we've had a wild, wild season, a wild week. We will dive into that. But first give it up for my co-host, former, former JMU Duke of the Sun Belt, Woo. the burrito eating sideline kiss stealing. Wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi-o. Yes. And third man in the booth. Give it up for the DFS got himself the rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living, 
the free lock given former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's going on, guys? How we doing? I think I should just hit off uh, uh, like right there with that, with that, because. A, we're kicking ass on our picks, but uh, we also have some news right now. Marcus Freeman is named the Notre Dame head coach. We have so much. Look, you think you thought this you thought this was gonna be an easy episode. You thought, hey, we only have like ten games <laughs> in the FCS playoffs. Nope. Uh, the college football world has been absolutely fucking wild. Um, it's been fun. And I think it's actually going to be uh, very interesting for the future of the sport. Let's um, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't even know. Do I start with Freeman? Do we, do, or do we, do we start with, I was planning on starting. I wrote up a whole script for this episode, planning on <laughs> starting with Lincoln Riley. But right before we hit record, we find out Marcus Freeman is the new head coach at Notre Dame. Patty C uh, your thoughts on Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. I mean, I think it's a good hire. I think it could be a great hire, you know, uh, of course, scary things. I mean, and they mentioned Bob Davey, not really having any coaching experience before taking over from Lou Holtz. And obviously uh, who did they elevate after uh, Charlie Weiss? Um, uh, after Charlie Weiss, I forget who it was, mm. but uh, Ty Willingham was before was Charlie before, Weiss, right? before was Charlie before Weiss. Weiss, right? Yeah, I'm, uh, George O'Leary was a coach for like a week. Yeah, there's something. Uh, <laughs> there, there's right. a few situations where you know it hasn't worked out with a, a first-time head coach at Notre Dame, um, and so. But Freeman, I feel like, is a little bit different of a situation. He's a known quantity as a recruiter, which is a huge part of the game, especially with a place like Notre Dame, where he's already proven that he can elevate them to the elite status. I, w- I was looking at the recruiting rankings over the past 10 years under Kelly, and they've been hovering in that like high eighties range, but now they're pushing up into the 91, 92 range, which is really what every national champion has had in the past 10 years. So he's, he's the reason for that. And I think that he can continue that. <laughs> and and the news is just flying in right now. I, I haven't had a chance to do my due diligence to make sure to quote enough sources but I'm hearing Joe Moorhead, offensive coordinator, Oregon, next head coach at Akron. He was a AOC at Akron uh, oh, mm. quite a ways ago. That's an unbelievable hire. If so, <laughs> yeah, I'm Akron. surprised. Yeah. Yeah. If that's wow. the case, Nick, what's your, what's your thought on Freeman and Notre Dame? Yeah. You know, I think it's worth the gamble, uh, you know, to, to, to try to catch that rising star. Uh, you know, obviously there's some con- concerns. He's never been a head coach before. He's only been a D a D coordinator there just this year. Uh, but he did a hell of a job at Cincinnati and, you know, maybe this can kind of, kind of help Notre Dame become, become cool again. Kind of, Yeah. you know, cause it seems like they, they need some playmakers. They need some pizzazz. They need some excitement. Uh, obviously Kelly did a fine job there. I mean, every year they're one loss or two losses, but lost every big game that they ever played. Yeah. And we, we know what to expect. And and Kelly left because of it. He, he knows that with, with Notre Dame, he could not compete with the boys in the sec and the Clemson's and the Ohio States. That's why he left more power to him. I don't care if he gave somebody the finger, (laughs) you know, Uh, but I mean, getting back to Freeman, I think it's a good hire. I mean, it's a roll of the dice, but I think it's, I think it's worth the gamble and it just might, you know, pay off big time. Yeah. And I I mean, he played at Ohio state, right? Yeah. So you're telling me they might play Ohio state in the new year six, and then they open the season in Columbus next year. (laughs) This rivalry could get amped up really fast. That's true. I think it's more impressive that Luke fickle is staying at Cincinnati 
and 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 the fact that really, I mean, what Franklin says at Penn State, Aranda commits to Baylor. Campbell uh, Campbell had last year committed to Iowa state. Are we seeing, I like, I like this trend. Are we seeing? Yeah, me too. I like, it's easy to see a tide turn. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, more head to Akron, Nick, any thoughts there? I think that's a great hire, right? Oh, a slam dunk. I mean, for them to be able to attract somebody like Moorhead with his track record, I think it's a great hire. I was shocked when you said it, cause I didn't think he'd take the job. I thought he would be kind of looking for a a better job flat out, you know? So I think that's a, a great hire by Akron. Yeah. And Dave Clawson extended at wake forest, Luke fickle extended at Cincinnati. Um, great look for my Bearcats, man. He has shut down USC Notre Dame pretty much outright, you know, and then uh, Florida, he was basically Oklahoma. He's even still being mentioned for. So to, for him to stay, make Cincinnati look like a true power player here. Well, I was talking this- about, Whoa, what's that? This Nick? trend is this trend is great because I think some of these coaches are realizing, yeah, they might be able to make a couple more million elsewhere. But you go into some of these like LSU, just like you know, crazy fans and crazy alumni, crazy expectations, and yeah, you know, they turn they just turn through coaches. So why not take you know that slightly smaller job where you can you can you know be the king of the town. And you can go eight and four a season without people calling for your head. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at whether it's, whether you want to bring up Dan Mullen who, you know, won the sec East last year and he's fired <laughs> right. or Orgeron won the national championship two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, uh, by the way, and I feel like we should stop for a minute and talk about, did you see his press conference? Or he, yeah. he is my favorite coach in America besides <laughs> Mike Leach, because uh, look, he comes in there sl- after that Texas A and M win <laughs> slaps the thing and starts laughing at the cra- at, at, at and he goes, who's got questions. And then he leaves with like, it looks like a stripper, right? <laughs> and he says, I'm not coaching the bowl game. I'm going on a vacation with her. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the great. Have you seen this video? Uh, I saw the beginning of you it. You didn't see who he leave with? No, I didn't oh see that. Oh my god, it's like some blonde with like in in, in heels. Oh man, it's like <laughs> Eddie O, living <laughs> the life. Yep, doing it for the rest of us. Zero fucks given, but at the same time, I mean, this guy's got a he's got the best record uh, for LSU coaches against top twenty five teams. Do we think, I mean, look, I know we all came at them when they were struggling against certain teams, but they just beat a and M they almost beat Alabama. Yeah. Are, are they making a mistake? I mean, by getting rid no. of Ordron? No, no. Brian Kelly's a better coach, but, but I no. wonder about look. the culture fit. Brian Kelly's like a hard yeah. ass. It, yeah. And yeah. I, it, I just thought that was strange to me when he went to, he's never been South of the Mason Dixon yeah, line it, and he's going into the heart of fucking Louisiana. <laughs> What the fuck is he doing? I, well, I actually wonder, like, will he be able to recruit? Uh, obviously, LSU will recruit itself. Yeah, but there will be fringe players, and I'd be like, I could see a scenario where it's like, do I go, you know, with this coach or this coach or this asshole? I mean, look, yeah. and, I, and I've defended <laughs> Brian Kelly. Like, I thought the media gives him a bad rap in a way, but at the same time, he is an asshole. He left an undefeated Cincinnati team. Yeah, he, he left a Notre Dame team that still might make the playoff. Uh, he says that's the game. That was his, and, and fair enough. But I saw Scott Frost stick around and and tell Nebraska, I will join after the fact. Yeah, um, yeah. You can kind of dictate terms a little bit when you're the coach and and you're in that high demand. You know, hey, say I have some scruples here, and I'm gonna make you wait for me. I'm gonna play a little hardball. 
You know, you're playing hardball with everyone else. Play hardball with the big boys. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What, what do you think of Brian Kelly LSU? Is it going to work, Pat? National championship? Because look, their last three coaches: Saban, Miles, and Ordron won natties. That's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the potential is always there because LSU, I'm going to say I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I don't no think too. he's going to win a national because he hasn't there. proven he can get over the top. His play calling has never been like creative enough, I should say, to win a big game. You know, I've never seen him do like a Nick Saban onside kick in the national championship type shit. I'm sure maybe I'm oversimplifying that, but I, there's nothing that pops out that Brian Kelly's ever done that says this dude is going to win. You know? Yeah, Nick, what do you think at LSU? Is he going to well, win a natty there? Well, before that, you know, Orgeron, he caught lightning in a bottle with Burrow and Brady. Okay. So he's not a very good head coach. And I, I, I don't, I think LSU smart to make the move and, you know, more powered Orgeron too. He's going to, you know, head out being idolized, being rich, being with some hot blondes <laughs> and he can just enjoy his life and not have to go through all the stuff that a head coach has to go through. So I think he's the clear winner in this. If you look at the his win winner, percentage, it's good though. Yeah. And I mean, it's only what, like five years and one year being 14 and oh, certainly helps that overall record. 15, and um, yeah. 15 and 0, whatever. I just threw that out there. Uh, so uh, does, does Brian Kelly win a national championship there? I mean, if I'm betting, I'd have to bet no, but it's certainly possible. Uh, but look, I mean that sec West or whatever it's going to be, I don't know if they're going to be in pods once Texas and Oklahoma join, but they're going to be linked up with Alabama. So, um, and obviously, you know, it was a very tough road. You don't, you're no longer an independent that doesn't have to play a conference championship in Notre Dame. So I'd have to say no, but I still think it was a good hire. Yeah. Uh, Especially yeah. because his name, that name came out of nowhere. Like no one was throwing that out there. But I, so, my thing is this though, if you plan on winning a national championship, I don't know that it's because LSU has this unrealistic fan base. They do. They do. Uh, and, and what's crazy is, is I grew up in the nineties when LSU was like a non-factor. They were like a right. five and seven, six and six, seven and five team every year. But the, with the house that Saban built, I think Brian Kelly, I wouldn't be surprised if four years from now he's out. Cause you can, if well, you go nine and three, you, they give you shit. <laughs> well, put it, put it this way. Who, who made the a better hire Florida or LSU? LSU. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this so, though. At least, they, at least they don't pull a Florida. Yeah, at yeah. least they won't be on two years. But uh, yeah, Kelly, I don't know though. I, I don't know if I completely agree though, because I think he's proven in enough places that he can hang in that 10 11 range, you know. But for, to me, playing the ACC and playing the AAC, look, and, and I'll be the first to throw shade at SEC scheduling, but I, and I don't know how the scheduling will work out with the pods, but I'm just saying like, it is different than playing now at a conference. You'll have an advantage of playing central Michigan and McNeese state and stuff. Yeah. But I'm saying like, as far as those seven or eight conference, uh, eight conference games that you'll be playing, it is going to be, you know, they get Florida cross division every year. I don't know if that will change in the pod, Yeah. but you got Alabama, Auburn, Florida, and a and M every year. That's a much different than playing Wake Forest yeah, in yeah. Charlotte and Syracuse and in, in, in yeah, New York City. Your big road test is yeah. six and six Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, not so much in the SEC. But overall, in a year where there's lots of big time jobs open and not a whole lot of big time attractive candidates, I think you have to say LSU did a good job hiring Kelly. Well, especially after Lincoln Riley told them no, and yeah. now we need to get onto that because that was the biggest, I think, the biggest hire of the whole offseason here, Lincoln Riley. 
And I, I can't help but laugh at the irony of all these Oklahoma fans tarnishing a statue <laughs> and saying traitor when they just did exactly that yeah. to the Big Twelve without Not four months really. Yes, yes <laughs> they did exactly that to the Big Twelve. They were going to meetings, not revealing their hand that they were doing this. And this has been in, in, in apparently in, in negotiation for like over a year. So they were silent and did that. And I'll get to some more here, but they also, they also are now complaining because Lincoln Riley is going to be taking a bunch of recruits at a flip now to USC. They're complaining Aww. about that, but they Aww, just did that to Sooners. Tennessee. There was blood in the water to Tennessee yeah. and they brought in like seven Tennessee oh, transfers they destroyed Tennessee yeah. last year. And, <laughs> and so I, I actually sit back and I fucking love it. And here's another one that I think if they don't make the right hire, they're joining the SEC. First off, they're not even going to be in the Big 12 championship. I, I, they're joining the SEC at, at two years from now, I think. And I think this program might go down. I think it might be looking at the 90s again, where you're saying six and six, seven and five, you know, whatever. Uh, beware what you wish for. Beware what you wish for. It's for Texas and Oklahoma. I'm <laughs> loving this. Well, I want to know one thing. What's How up? did Lincoln Riley have a statue of himself? <laughs> Trust me, there was. Statues are for somebody who's dead or who's been around for like 40 or 50 years. How the <laughs> hell did they make a statue of him? Yeah. Wouldn't that be weird for him? Yeah. He's like walking by himself. Like <laughs> I had no idea. I think I could get used to that statue. Of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can, you can get you used to it. Patty C. Egotistical. Patty C. We're going to get your statue here at SGPN <laughs> <Yes>! studios. <laughs> I want to walk by just it every burrito, day. Just a, you eating a burrito <laughs> on the uh, sideline. <laughs> Uh, no, but guys, Lincoln Riley and I, I said this, you know, uh, on the SGP pod, USC is a much better job than Oklahoma. Oklahoma yes. has to pry into Texas. USC's had the most players drafted in the history of college football. USC has no other real, like Oklahoma has to battle, especially joining the sec. They're going to have to battle Alabama and LSU for in Texas and Texas A&M for recruits. USC has California auto itself. Yeah. They have Oregon with that Nike money, but it, you're not, it's it not plays. the same. It's it not plays. the same. Yeah. Of course. Oregon will take some, but yeah, look, we, we say, unless, we, the, unless the state just like bans football, that, that's you never know. You never know. Always right? a possibility. <laughs> you, you never know with this hack ass governor here, but uh, uh, I, I just think it's a, it's a home run. It's a home run hire. Of course. And I think it's great for look, even as a Colorado fan, I sit there and say, shit, we're going to play Lincoln Riley, but it's going to help our recruiting because there's going to be more nationally televised games. Oh, when yeah. USC is good. It's going to benefit the, the whole, whole conference. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, college college football in general is better when USC is good. When they had Reggie Bush and Leinart and then when they were doing big things, that game against Texas, it's, it's nice to have that powerhouse in California to help balance out the rest of the country. So it's not just in the Southeast, you know, through Ohio, you know, so yeah, I think it's great for the sport in general. And I think he should do real well there. Well, and when you see the talent that uh, I forget, you know, at the time, I think two weeks ago, someone was tweeting like the top eight Heisman candidates and like six of the eight were from California. Yeah. Well, and none of them were playing for, for, for the PAC 12. So I think that alone, whether it's Matt Corral, who's from Southern California, whether it's uh, Bryce young from Pasadena here, whether it's a, uh, you know, ukulele, I know he hasn't been great, but he was a top recruit from California. JT Daniels. I thought he was Hawaii. No, that's uh Tua. Oh, I thought they both were. No. Never mind. Uh but I'm saying that like Southern California produces an unbelievable amount of talent. And if if Lincoln Riley, which is known to be a great recruiter, and apparently it's already paying off, 
And that's another thing. He's taken all these Oklahoma players that were gonna that were committed to Oklahoma. There's speculation that Caleb Williams might might transfer to USC. We'll see. Um, what do you what do you I rate that? Sorry, just though? got Malachi Nelson, the number two guy, who's basically battling with uh, Arch Manning for the number one player in the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, keeping him in Southern say, California. Well, and right I also away. think Chip Kelly's evolution slept on. I think UCLA give it another year or two. Oh, that rivalry can yeah, be special. Yeah. Um, what do you so so? What do you make of Lincoln Riley at, at SC? Is that an A higher? Obviously, yeah. A okay. plus 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 plus. I think it's great for the future of college football too, because now you have Oklahoma and Texas adding into this. If Oklahoma State and Cincinnati end up in the college football playoff, I think that's a great look for the future of the Big Twelve. Yeah. Then you have Lincoln Riley joining the the Pac-12, which I think will up everything, whether Crystal Ball stays at Oregon or not. And then you have Caleb DeBauer going to Washington. Your thoughts, Patty C. Uh I think that's a good hire, especially with him getting uh um Hayner. Hayner to come yeah. with him. I mean, yeah, sure. If that offense can explode like it did at Fresno, Washington fans will love it. Absolutely. Nick, what do you think of uh DeBauer to uh I think it's a I think it's a great hire. I mean, this guy has won wherever he's been at. Uh he has, you know, when he was with Sioux Falls, he won what three or four NAIA championships. I think over the course of four years there, he only lost one game. And then, you know, being a coordinator at, at Southern Illinois, at Eastern Michigan, at Fresno, at Indiana, uh, he's been around f- college football for a very long time. And just in two years with Fresno, he took over a bad team, went three and three the COVID year with a first year head coach. And then we saw this year going nine and three. And the fact that he's bringing the quarterback with them, uh, I think it was a good hire by Washington. I think uh, so much better than what they had this past year, or the past couple seasons. So I like the hire. It's not it's not an A, but I, I give it a solid B. Caleb Hayner, uh, not Caleb. Uh, oh yeah, Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Jake Jake Hayner. Though I don't know if he's officially made that announcement. It's just speculation, but I, I it makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense. Might as well. I mean, it's probably going to be a senior year. You don't want to start from scratch with a new coach. Yeah, yeah, but I think all this is is great for for college football now. now Dude, let me let me say this real what's quick. That? Uh, since Lincoln Riley took over Oklahoma in t- 2015 as the offensive coordinator, here have been Oklahoma's offensive team stat ranks nationally: four, three, three, one, six, six, eleven this year. Well, and I think the fact that he can say. Uh, how many? I mean, Heisman, Baker Mayfield yeah. won the Heisman. The, how many first round? Kyler Murray was the first pick of the draft. Baker Mayfield was the first pick of the draft. Uh, what's his name? Hertz uh, yeah, was Hertz. A, was a second rounder. If you want to play quarterback, you you want to go to where he's at. Yeah, and uh, I think that's going to pay off. Um, so uh, Lincoln Riley, we all grade that an A, right? Yeah. The Bauer, agreed. You said B, Nick. Yeah, B. I, I think, think it's an a, a, B plus or an A. Almost, yeah, I think yeah. that's an A. Mm. Uh. Well, we didn't give uh, Brian Kelly a grade. I, I would give that a B plus. I agree. Oh, I'll go B plus too. I mean, the guy yeah. is a great administrator. He may not be yeah. an all star recruiter. He's a good recruiter, but he's kind of like Nick Saban as the CEO role, you know. Um, Marcus Freeman. That that could be an A plus or it could be a B. Anywhere in that <laughs> range. <laughs> we'll see. I, in a I'll go of- B right now just because we've never seen him coach a game. Yeah, yeah. Just because there's a a gamble there, but I like the hire. But I think B's the right grade. Yeah. Um. Well, there were other hires going on. I mean, Moorhead. If this is true to Akron, 
That's an A, that's right? That's the best that's hire I've ever seen. Yeah, that's the best hire of the offseason. This dude was being considered for every job under the, for USC, and Akron gets him. Good God. Uh, wow. Well, what about what's his face of Florida? That's what uh, I wanted to get to. Billy Napier at Florida. Yeah, See, Napier. I think this is a shaky one. I actually think Dan Mullen is a better coach right now. I would rather have my team with Dan Mullen than Billy Napier. That's not a disrespect to Billy Napier. I'm just saying. Well, a team that would be buying into Dan Mullen, I would want over Billy Napier 100%. But that team had quit on Dan Mullen. So, uh, that, that, which isn't to say he might not have been able to get it back the next year, but it did seem like the uh, locker room had gotten away well, from you, him. You want to know one of the biggest advantages to me that is overlooked? They say, oh, pull up his record in the Sun Belt. And I'm not knocking Billy Napier. He, you can only beat the team schedule, but they were in the Sun Belt West, which was horrible. They didn't have to play most years. A lot of the Sun Belt East teams, like Coastal or Georgia Southern or App State. What are you talking about, Rich Rodriguez? At uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, he didn't. He, <laughs> and, he only, yeah. and he only got them once. And I'm kidding. <laughs> the years prior, you, you dude, the SC or the Sun Belt West was well, garbage. It's Texas State, uh, ULM, South Alabama, Arkansas State. That, that that I think can prop up these your record to be much better than what you think it is. Now I, I'm still wishing Napier the best, but at the same time, I think. That could be a severely overrated hire. Now I understand he's he's a good recruiter. He's been attached to Saban, but at the same time, so was McElwain. That was just there two you know two coaches ago. Same with Jeremy Pruitt. Same with uh, what was the uh, old Tennessee Dooley. Yeah, I mean we we can go. Yes, some has worked out. Kirby Smart, and it looks like Mel Tucker's working out right now. Well, if Lane Kiffin worked out. If you're but, a coordinator at a blue blood, I don't mind you so much taking over a head coaching gig at a blue blood. But if you're a, a star coach at the group of five level, generally, I want to see you take over like a do, do the uh, who's the guy at Minnesota, PJ Fleck, PJ Fleck. Before you go to a blue blood, you know, take a mid-level uh, Minnesota's a blue power blood five in, in your eyes. No, no, <laughs> yeah, they, they will be when PJ Fleck's done with them. They might be, they might be. I, th- I totally thought he might go to the Notre Dame uh, spot. Well, so. Napier was a coordinator at Arizona state uh, at Clemson. So he has that pedigree as well. I mean, he's been an assistant coach at a lot of good places. Clemson, Emma, Florida state, Colorado state, Arizona state. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he, he, he does have that on his resume as well. And then four years at Louisiana, 39 and 12, 27 and five in conference uh, last two seasons, only one loss each year, but still jumping up to Florida is a big jump. I have my reservations as well. I don't think it's an awful hire. Like sometimes we'll see a higher Stay like Texas and Sarkeesian were like that. that yeah. That's a bad hire. But he was I'm at Clemson saying, with Tommy Bowden, not Dabo Sweeney. Right. Yeah. You got to go back to like 2006 yeah. to, to 2010. Um, right. Uh, but uh, so I think he was worthy of getting a, 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 a better gig, but there's still question marks here if he can make that kind so, of. So of let's, jump let's grade Napier. Let's grade Napier. C plus. Patty? I'll ride with that. Yeah, I mean, my, it, it, I, I'll give it even a B based off his track record. But if you compare it to who they had, I think it goes down to a C. Yeah, I mean, Mullen, Mullen at the time was like a B plus hire, maybe even an A, coming from Mississippi State. Dude, this off season, so many publications, not us on SGPN because I released my top 130 coaches in college football, but so many of them had Mullen as like a top five coach, top ten coach. Right. Everyone went silent after this shit happened, right? It's easy to see yeah. a tide turn. <laughs> um, it's easy to see a tide turn. Uh, okay.
Okay. So uh, other coaching hires that I'm curious, your guys thoughts in this, uh, in this wild, wild. Uh, so uh, Rhett Lashley to SMU. I know we touched on this last week. I think that's an a yeah, great hire. Yep. Now, Sonny Dykes, P- Patty C. What do you think? Of I that? think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you expect at SMU? And this guy's young and up and coming. He was just there as a cutting edge. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Sonny Dykes to TCU, I think is is a C. Ooh, that bad, huh? At Cal, he just went six and six and five and seven. I, it. I just feel like TCU had an opportunity to cut you. You. You walked Gary Patterson out the door. I think get, much like Florida. You're getting, and, and this is not a shot at Sonny Dykes, but I think you're you're downgrading your coaching position. It's tough to say because Gary Patterson hadn't proven anything in the recent years. You know, he he had taken a step back, and Sonny Dykes has taken a step forward since Cal. Granted, it's been at SMU. I don't grade it, grade it as harshly as you do. I, I give it no, a B. But what, before he was at Cal, he was a, he did a great job at La Tech, very similar to SMU. I think he's a guy that excels in the group of five. And I'll say this. Every time SMU plays a lot of big games, they normally get their ass kicked. Cincinnati's handed it to him a couple times now, so yeah, maybe perhaps he w- perhaps he just wasn't a good fit in Berkeley, you know. And I think TCU might be more his style. Um, I think it's a good hire. I, I would say a B probably because I think he can come in right away, and you kind of know what you're getting. You're getting just a solid head football coach. Granted, he probably doesn't have the upside of maybe a younger coordinator who might be the next big thing, but you don't have the gamble of, of that guy just totally not working either. Uh, so it's kind of, what do you want? I agree that I don't see TCU making a jump to like 10 and two seasons, but I think he can, you know, give you a seven and five, eight and four pretty much every year. No problem. I'll put it like this. The new big 12, one year away from this thing. If I had to grade the coaches within this conference, because we don't know Oklahoma, obviously in Texas will be gone. Um, I think, okay. You're looking at a conference. Obviously a lot can change between now and, and next year, but Matt Campbell, Lance Leopold, uh, Mike Gundy, Dave Aranda, um, Chris Kleiman, Chris Kleiman. Who else am I forgetting in this conference right now? Uh, Kalani Sataki, Gus Malzahn, Neil Luke Brown. Fickle, Neil Brown, Dana Holgerson. I think with the exception of Texas tech, cause we haven't seen McGuire do anything yet. I think it could be the worst coach in the big 12. I, I put him over Brown at this point. I think you love Brown for some reason. Well, I thought <laughs> Neil Brown did better at Troy than, than Dykes ever did at SMU. In my opinion, mm. uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. They and beat LSU at LSU. Oh, you can throw out one game. Well, I'm just um, saying Troy was really good those years, man. They were, sure. they, they almost beat Clemson that won the national championship at Clemson. It was a six point game. Well, you mentioned the Texas tech hire. I, I think Dykes is a better hire than that. I, well, it's a safer hire um, because we have no idea who, how, how that coordinator is going to do but that. that uh, but I, uh, but I agree to that. Like that's the one unknown, but I would say I would rate every other coach above him. Aranda, I guess you got to give him credit for the. Uh, of course, you got to give him credit. This is a great year too. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, but here again, I, I think you guys are slow to like give Baylor as a program credit. You know, they've have, they have grown into a very good program. You know, and so how much of that is based on what Aranda's done? Well, there? they sucked last year. Were they like six and six? No, but, or no, that was like yeah. Yeah, COVID last year, year they were two and ten or something, or two and eight or something, really? right? What they do last year? I feel like they were bad last year. Uh, I just, I, that's all I'm saying. 
All right. I'm going to give that one a C two and seven. You're right. Yeah, two and seven. So I'm going to give that, that one a C. Him. Yeah, I know, but it, but it is what it is. You know, he, he made the, he brought in Jeff Grimes from BYU. I thought that was a great hire. Yeah. Um, He's done a good job this year. Don't get me wrong. Great job. Um, Sonny Cumbie is the new head coach at Louisiana tech. He was the OC at Texas tech, the interim head coach at Texas tech. They fire skip Holtz. They bring in Sonny Cumbie. Nick, your thoughts. I think it makes sense. Texas guy knows the lay of the land. Uh, you know, pretty good track record as an assistant. So uh, uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's Louisiana tech. They're not going to, uh, who, who can they attract there? So I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think he's going to reform that offense into something that looks a little more, you know, state of the art, a little more 2022. So what do you grade that one? A B better. I think C better Texas native name, Sonny coach higher. Sonny Cumbie or Sonny Dykes? <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> what do you grade that one, Patty C? C? B? We don't know anything yeah. yet. Um, Brent Pry, new head coach at Virginia Tech. He was a GA there back in the 90s where JC Price was a defensive lineman for him. He's already retained JC Price. This guy, he's familiar with the state of Virginia. He's recruited well for Penn State and, and James Franklin. He's done well in recruiting in Pennsylvania and Virginia. Nick, what do you think of the hire of Brent Pry? A lot of unknowns, but I kind of like it. I, I like the I fact like it that, too, man. Yeah, I think it's an under under the radar hire. I like that he's you know de- a defensive coach, defensive oriented. He's gonna lock up recruiting in that I ninety five corridor. You know, he's gonna focus on Virginia, uh, focus on those recruits. Very under the radar, and you know, honestly, yeah, I mean, hey, he could be out in three or four years. We he, don't know. He got but, recommended, I hear from. Frank Beamer and Bud Foster. So I, once again, I like never been head coach before, but I I tend to like this hire. I think he might do well there. I think he's going to fit in with the Hokies nicely. Patty C. Mm. (laughs) I have my doubts, dude. When they were reporting the night before that it was bill O'Brien, I thought this is going to be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I don't know a ton about Brent Pry. I know that his defenses were good at Penn state. Uh, He's a handsome fella, you know. I think that plays when the uh, when the crowd doesn't know you. What, you are you know? trying to fuck him? Yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I am. When, when, when you're trying to when you're trying to win over recruits, right? You need these superficial things. I don't. His when you're trying to win over moms, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're trying to bang recruits' yeah. moms. I think Brent. Do you need be, a hot cup of cocoa, honey? <laughs> There'll be money on the recruiting trail in that sense, but. We'll see how he does in the state of Virginia. I, I, what I wonder is if is this a little like a stepping stone job for Brent Pry? Has Virginia Tech become that? You know, because I could easily see him doing. See, okay. I thought this was a good hire. I think it's an underrated. It hire. might be a good hire. I mean, it fits Virginia Tech I think culture. It's, look, there was speculation that they were going to hire Bill O'Brien or Napier. Yeah. I think this is better than Bill O'Brien or Napier. Probably yes. I don't know how you can say better than Napier. Cause we don't really, know I, I know we don't know that either, but I'm making, I'm taking that guess and saying, I think yeah. I would rather, if I was Virginia tech, I think I would hire yeah. pry over Napier. I want Napier uh, is basically like hiring Fuente. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very similar. Um, now. Okay. Uh, we, I know we talked about these ones a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, no, there's another one here. Jerry kill to New Mexico state. That was a great, great hire. He did a great job at North Northern Illinois. Go back and look at his track record there. Look at what he did at Minnesota. He got them to bowl games before that. They were a doormat. Yeah. And I think it's a great hire by New Mexico state to be able to pull in Jerry kill. 
My only concern there is, is his age. He is 60. And his health. I feel yeah, like he, every, he had yeah. to, he had to quit Minnesota due to his health. I believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, he's always getting these epileptic seizures but on the he, side. But he's the guy that also had Dave Dorn as an assistant. He's a Gary Patterson guy. I think he's a Bill Snyder guy. If you go further, far enough back, um, there's a guy that's been successful. I think it's a, for New Mexico State to get him. I think that's an A. Considering it's New Mexico State, I'll give it a, a B. Um, and for me, it sounds like I mean they are they are the worst of the worst pretty much right now. I mean they're, they're right in there with the bottom five in all of the, of FBS. So I don't know. It sounds, it seems to me like you might want somebody young, somebody who with like, you know, the kind of this crazy energy to do whatever it takes and to pull in a lot of recruits and stuff. I wonder how kill is going to play in, in New Mexico state. I'm not doubting his coaching chops. I think he has that it's, it's whether or not he's the right guy for the job and whether he can do the job health wise. Yeah. Well, the health thing, I a hundred percent agree. Okay. I know we touched on these two before Jim Moore to UConn. What do you give that one? Eddie, a plus, a plus, right? Yeah. Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Definitely. Brown to UMass, I think that's an A. Yeah, I agree. All uh, right, we still got open jobs at Oklahoma. What happens there? Guess? Do we take a guess? Is it Brent Venables? I know he used to be the DC there. Where there's reports that he met with uh, Oklahoma yesterday. Is it Brent Venables? I've heard that uh, Matt Rule name pop around. I've heard uh, Bob Stoops is only Josh Heupel, Lane Kiffin. I've heard Mike Leach. What do you, what do you think about the uh, Mike Leach one? I don't think it's going to happen. You, I think they want someone younger. Do you think he'd go? I don't think he would, but maybe everyone's got a figure Dude, Penn state. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, Everybody's uh, got a price, right? Oklahoma, but he's like 60. I, I don't think that Oklahoma wants a 60 year old coach. Well, would he yeah. go is the question. Yeah. I think potentially I know like in Mississippi, his daughter lives close to him. Okay. I think he likes that. I think yeah. he likes the 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 lack of pressure on him. He's always gone to kind of yeah. smaller yeah. schools like that. But I he was a former OC. A he was a he's former never been given a chance yeah. to go anywhere bigger. He was a former OC at Oklahoma too. So that's right. Uh, let, me, let me pull back to Brent Pry real quick. I pulled up his uh, since he took over as co DC in 2014 and been exclusively DC uh, starting in 2016. 727-47, 723-8557. Always a pretty good defense, but not always a great defense. Well, that fifty-five one, I think you got a circle. No, oh, yeah, that's when Last all year. those players opted out. True. So he was supposed to have Michael Parsons and all these other guys that all of a sudden opted out. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, Penn yeah. State's played good defense yeah. for a while. Um, no, okay, but uh, so Oklahoma, no, uh, no other things there. Uh, I mean, so o- open jobs right now. Oklahoma and Duke, I think, are the only Power Five jobs that are open. Here, uh, my brother's really high on Paul Johnson to Duke, and apparently the message boards are really that would be amazing. That would be a great high. That would they be should. amazing. Why not? They should. Yes, I would be all on board with that. Um, Temple, I don't know if they're willing to, but Te- they should. Temple fired Rod Carey. That job is open. Troy is still open. Florida International hired an athletic director today from UCF, um, an assistant, I think, at uh, assistant athletic director at UCF. And Fresno State still up. Jeff Tedford should go back to Fresno State or or, or Matt Wells, right? They should consider yeah. both those names, right? Yeah, yeah. obvious. I uh, I saw. Speaking of uh, Miami athletic directors, um, Nunez, I want to say, who was uh, New Mexico State's athletic director, I think, got a, had a great interview and maybe even is going to get hired at Miami. Which and the the reports that kind of at the same time is that Manny Diaz might get another year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, all right, folks. Um, that is the coaching carousel. 
part of this episode. I want to tell you that the college football experience uh, conference championship and FCS playoff episode is brought to you by WinBet. Are you ready to boost your odds? And uh, come on, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing you the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and more. And WinBet has some awesome brand new bonuses. New users can bet a dollar and win a hundred on any sport. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. That means you throw down a hundred bucks, you'll get a $200 free bet. Max wager $750, which means they'll match it for 1500. Holy shit. What a deal. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? We'll sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-I-N-N-Bet.com. All right. Okay, guys. Yeah, we're not at the games yet. First off, and I also want to mention Delaware. FCS firing. They fired Danny Rocco one year removed from making the final four. Are you serious? Yeah. Had a tough wow. year this year. That, and he was, this is a guy that took Richmond to the national championship. I thought that was ridiculous. Wait, Delaware and, football. Yeah. Good God. And all their players are transferring out Nolan Henderson, their quarterback, a bunch of other players, uh, crazy firing the FCS ranks. But uh, the big 12 schedule was released today. Guys conference schedule. I, I still can't believe that Oklahoma and Texas have zero back-to-back away games, <laughs> right? Their last year in it. I thought they would, I don't know how they de- deem this thing, but Kansas state, TCU, Texas tech, Oklahoma state, West Virginia, Kansas, and Baylor all dealt back-to-back away games, Oklahoma, Texas, and believe it or not, Iowa state after having two of them last year, they don't have any well, next don't- year. Don't forget Colby. Yeah. They may be departing the conference after that, but if the conference thinks that they're still the best shot to make the playoffs and give all that money to every school, it still benefits them to, to prop them up. But isn't that crazy though? I mean, like, what do you think of that? Patty? See, when I tell you that that it came out today, every other school except Iowa state, which had two this past year, they got back-to-back away games. Well, of course. I mean, so the the trend continues for Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. Uh, it's pull- not by mistake. It's so obvious. It's not by mistake anymore. No, it's definitely not by mistake. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking for stats to back up uh, the claim that back-to-back road games are more difficult than you know other road games. And I only was able to dig into one year, and I only have only gotten through the Power Five and one. Uh, non-power five conference in my research so far, but I can tell you that after just this year, uh, the, the typical record on a road game, uh, the win percentage is 43% across the board and it's 37% on the second end of a back-to-back road. So there is a pretty significant, you know, difference in the, the difficulty of winning the second end of a back-to-back road. So, you know, yeah, to, it, reducing your uh, odds of losing by six to you know maybe up to ten percent in some case. I mean, well, what's your odds were already the, to lose that game, right? And and <laughs> and, and the the uh, and the conferences that you know have tougher schedules where they're not able to schedule in like breaks here and well, there. When you have a nine game conference, right? Schedule, nine yeah. game conference schedule. Uh, uh, the Big Twelve won thirteen percent of the second end of their back to back roads. Thirteen. The, yeah. You know, it's like yeah, that that is a death knell. 
to some, I'm not going to say it's like the ultimate death knell, but it, it does factor. It, it, it reduces the chance that you succeed in those games. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. Like statistically. It, yeah. It, it makes uh, it's a no brainer in college. I, I, I argue this in college basketball too. Me and Nick had a conversation today. He, he's a Duke fan. Duke lost to Ohio state last night and Duke doesn't play that many road games. And he says, and he said this morning when we were on the phone, he goes, yeah, I just thought, you know, tough spot. They're coming off a big win. And it's at a live place that in college, especially with all the young guys on Duke. I mean, not to, I know this isn't about a a Duke conversation, but especially if the team is young, going on the road is a different animal. I, I, that's what I, in general, college athletes are young. It's 18 to 22, maybe, maybe uh, 24 or 20 or 30. If you're Chris, Chris Winky, right. Um, But my point is, is it's so evident to me. It's so evident and to see the big 12, Oh, shame on the big 12 for protecting them yet again. I guess they're trying to get some cash, some cash uh, next year too. But uh, how about this guys? This was before today. We had almost 300 players in the transfer portal. Starting from from Monday to uh to, to Monday and Tuesday essentially just shy of 300 players in the transfer portal. I know Patty C uh, probably not a big fan of that, but how about I'm getting used to it. I think it makes sense if coaches can do this. I think you know 100 percent players should be able. Oh, to. Oh yeah, I mean Brian Definitely. Kelly. Brian Def- Kelly's done this twice now, <laughs> where teams had their season still on the line. Uh, let me ask you this though. Is it, should it stay at this point or should players be able to transfer at will every given season? I know that's not what the situation is, but it's pretty darn close now because you have your one-time transfer and then you have your graduate transfer yeah. like still in place too. So, and players are graduating in three years. So you're, you're, you're pretty much getting like two, two transfers in a three-year period that you're able to do without losing any, uh, you know, uh, eligibility, you know, I, but I, look, if you're going to pay coaches, this ridiculous. I mean, have you seen these contracts? Mel Tucker, well, he was the highest, the second highest paid coach in college football for like a week. I think Brian Kelly might have, or Lincoln Riley might have surpassed him. Um, Hopefully, I mean, yeah. But I'm saying is, I mean, he's still top five, which is hilarious because I think the jury's still out a little bit. But um, I think if you can do that, when you see all that money that's coming in on on these coaches, and and the fact, and I, I'm I'm anti the uh, the early signing period because this, they've made it even fat. These hirings happen even faster now. Yeah, Look, I, here's where I disagree. I disagree that a coach getting paid and a university making money off of a uh, hundred million dollars. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> a- athletes necessarily means that the 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 model of uh, uh, amateurism can't be sustained because I mean, I mean, maybe if you, if you established a specific dollar amount, then I'd be a little more okay with it. But the fact that, you know, the Supreme court is saying this model of amateurism isn't like realistic, but, and yet there is amateurism all throughout high school, you know, then where is the line? Draw the line for me. I don't know that answer, but I can tell you this. I think Brian Kelly, they said would be the fourth highest paid coach in the NFL. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sure. There's plenty of money being made. <laughs> I, I don't really mind the players getting so much, uh, getting it so much, whatever, who really cares? They're getting it anyway for the most part. So whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but look, this transfer portal is blown up uh, Colorado. Please, please take a look at the transfer portal. Jack Plummer, <laughs> Jack Plummer, quarterback of Purdue. He's in the transfer portal. Jake Hayner, as we mentioned, Fresno state's quarterback, Spencer Rattler is in the transfer portal. Dylan Gabriel from UCF. Um, Jonah Johnson, starting quarterback in New Mexico State. Uh, how about uh, Shevin Cordero from Hawaii, putting himself in the transfer portal? 
some big time running back Zach Evans, a five star uh, from TCU. Um, uh, what's it? Jameer Gibbs from Georgia yeah. Tech, and I'm here in Alabama is going to be the one that lands him. Uh, Jalen Berger already he was a five star for Wisconsin from New Jersey. He's going to to Michigan State. Um, another quarterback Jack Sears from Boise State transferring. Uh, how about this? This came out in the past like 48 hours. Five star Theo Weiss, wide receiver from Oklahoma, transferring. Five star Jaden Hasselwood, uh, receiver from Oklahoma, transferring. And their star tight end Austin Stogner, all transferring from Oklahoma. It's fucking hilarious. You gotta admit. <laughs> hey, what goes around comes around. <laughs> I, I read a stat that has been forty uh, since nineteen forty seven since the uh, since Oklahoma lost a coach to another college gig. So uh, this is definitely uh, uncharted territory for them. But I'm glad they have to feel it. Yeah, a hundred percent. It might be uh, the harbinger of things to come because when you go to the SEC, like you said, becoming Nebraska might be your future. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty. I, I think that I think it's actually when you th- consider how much talent is out there, and when you can, I mean, how about if Oklahoma State makes the playoff? Imagine, I mean, is it that far fetched? Can we talk about that for a second before we dive into these games? Nick, what did you make of this past weekend? Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma. Michigan, be- game. Michigan beating uh, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State, and then uh, obviously Cincinnati beating to ECU. Those lucky bastards, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, Alabama squeaking by Auburn. Like, uh, what, what do you make yeah. of this college football season right now? Well, hey, it's been. A, I mean, the the games on the field have been great. The only complaint we have is what the the uh, committee's doing. This past weekend was a great example. I mean, there were so many great games. Uh, so many great rivalries. Rivalry week is always one of the best weekends in college football, and uh, this year was no exception. A lot of close games. It was nice to see Harbaugh finally get a W over the Buckeyes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nice to see uh, Oklahoma State get that W too. So, uh, oh man. I mean, you saw how lit this. these Love college it. environments were. I can only. I mean, I hit on this on Sunday or Saturday night's show. Was like. Uh, I could, I could only dream of like these home playoff games. Did you see Stillwater? Yeah. How lit that was? Did you see Ann Arbor? Did you see East Lansing? Did you see all these great? I mean, Auburn. Auburn was lit, even though their fans lost. <laughs> I mean, but this would only continue over. And and I just feel like I I channel my inner Mike Leach when he said like they're selling it short. Yeah, college football right. is it has something that no other sport has. And if they can if they can capitalize this and move it into December with home playoff games. It would be a cash cow. It yeah. would be this, a ca- cash cow. So this may be a conversation for a different day, but can we compare the college football product compared to the NFL? God. I mean, the college football is just so much more entertaining, so much more fun. The games are are crazy. They're wild. You know, uh, a lot more play. I mean, just so much. It's just a better product, hands down. It yeah. was it was so apparent on Thanksgiving. When we're switching from the NFL, I don't know what game it was, but yeah. it was a super like sterile, docile environment. It was Raiders, Cowboys, yeah, to, whatever. Super NFL corporate, yeah. right? And then we flip over to the Egg Bowl, and like there's a million uh, cowbells, cowbells rattling, the, yeah. and everyone's going right, crazy, right. pounding them exactly. on. It was just like so obvious what a difference it was. Yeah. Um, uh, well. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I feel like, I mean, I, I don't even watch that much, even though I, I'm handicapping at a decent level. Nick is too. Um, <laughs> I don't watch that much. Cause I get I, on Sunday. I get, I don't know. I just, I try to watch, but it's yeah. just, just it's, it, they also protect the quarterback too much. I get 
really upset. I mean, <laughs> it, it happens in college football some, but in, in NFL, oh my God, like Lamar Jackson barely gets touched. Like, I, I can't watch this. I can't watch this fucking shit. I you mean, know? hey, this is a plug for our Twitter right here, but if you want to see us shitting on people on yeah. Twitter about their. <laughs> little ninny opinions about protecting players, then uh, yeah, uh, give us a follow. But um, yeah, dude, the other thing too, I I mean, obviously the NFL is, is, is made to be, to have parody and that they have accomplished with the exception of like pushing like the NBA, certain teams to the front, there's generally parody. And whether that contributes to like a lot of close games at the end, maybe that's the case. It's but like corporate America, though, dude. It's corporate. Yeah. It's 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 dope. But also, like every game I watch, there's no it's like soul. Two minute drill, two minute drill. They're like, uh, that's that's what you're watching in the NFL. It's like what quarterback can run the two minute drill. It's like that's not what you're watching in college football. You're watching this whole strategy evolve over the course of the game. All these teams using different strategies, and the NFL, it all comes down to all right. At the end of the game, there's a two minute drill. Which quarterback's going to do it? That's boring to me. Yeah, and they all run the same offenses for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as the the difference between college basketball and NBA. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is unbelievably NFL, true. NFL, you got one thing going for you. You're still a lot better than the NBA. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. All right, guys. Well, let's get into Friday's action. Western Kentucky travels to the Alamo Dome. Speaking of the NBA, <laughs> the house that Moses Malone built. Uh, look, I uh, hate you. <laughs> look, we can all be honest. Moses Malone was better than David Robinson. I don't think you can uh, look at Moses Malone's stat. Just don't lie to me, Nick. Where's your friend that was a big Moses Malone guy? <laughs> Moses Malone, I will say, underrated in the uh, criminally underrated. Yeah. Criminally underrated. All right, Western Kentucky at UTSA. It's it's the conference championship. UTSA lost to North Texas. They're eleven and one. Great building season for Jeff Bryan. Who? That's another guy who who stayed. Who said he was staying? Kudos to him. Even though you guys play in that filthy dome, let's get an on-campus stadium down there in San Antonio. Let's do it. Uh, UTSA is catching three. The money coming in on Western Kentucky. Bailey Zappy, Zap, whatever the fuck you want to say. This guy's thrown. Have you guys seen this guy's stats? I mean, we know <laughs> they're a top touchdowns. five. Fifty-two. Yeah. Good God, <laughs> dude, dude. This dude is. It, look, he was an FCS player at Houston Baptist. You came over. I remember when COVID happened, we watched the Houston Baptist game. I was like, dude, this quarterback is fire, right? Uh, was that legal? What could Pat was Patty C allowed to come over? Yeah, <laughs> in California, we definitely broke the law. Um, <laughs> look, he threw 35 touchdowns in 19, but last year they only played like a two game season, and he threw 15 touchdowns, one pick. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, this year he's got 52 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's averaging just about nine yards a throw, just shy under 5,000 yards passing. Look, look, these teams played in Bowling Green, Kentucky earlier in the year. Western Kentucky lost. UTSA won by a yard. A yard. It came down to that. I'm going to call for revenge. I think the Hilltoppers get it done. It's hard to beat a team twice. And I think it's easy to see a tad turn. Yes, I think I think it's easy to see a tide turn. Bailey Zap, that he was he's from Texas. He's coming home in the dome. That only favors a a a all air raid, crazy passing attack. Give me Western Kentucky minus three. Nick? Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Uh the Hilltoppers have been on a roll. They have now won seven in a row. Included in that seven wins are 30 point wins versus Marshall, versus Florida Atlantic, versus Charlotte. I mean, the closest game in this win streak was a 15 point win over FIU. Uh, you know, and meanwhile, UTSA, look, it's hard to go undefeated. You know, uh, pressure builds, 
you start playing to win or to, not to lose rather than to win. Uh, and we started seeing cracks, you know, uh, Southern miss was beating UTSA for a good portion of that game. UAB should have <laughs> won if they didn't chicken out, not go for it on fourth and an inch. I hate to tell then, you, I hate to tell you that, that uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off either, but that uh, Frank Gore Jr. is two and one as a starter, and and <laughs> almost beat a ranked UTSA team. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but then they finally <laughs> lost to North Texas in a game that wasn't even close last last week. So the question is, all right, now you don't have to worry about the undefeated season. Can UTSA relax and get back to playing the ball they were to start the year? Or that, that place is, is going to be lit, though. Yeah, or is like the dream season over? Uh, but I'm on Western Kentucky because I think they're just on a roll here, and it's gonna be really hard to stop that offense. Patty C, what are you doing here? Conference USA. I mean, like Nick said, th- this these are two different teams. Uh, Western Kentucky started one and four, and has since gone seven and zero, oh, um, or yeah, se- seven straight wins, putting them up to eight and four. Uh, I do think though that UTSA had to get that loss off their chest, and now. In at home, the place for, is going to be lit for the conference. We watched the, the UAB game. Dude, that you that know place that was lit. That's yeah. the rebirth of the Astrodome, right there. Yeah, that is. That <laughs> you know? is. Uh, Fucking Alamo Dome is yeah. awesome, and I, I'm taking the Roadrunners. Meet me. Meet me. Patty C says. Uh, all right. Well, at four o'clock, once again, that that's at four o'clock on the West, Western Kentucky, UTSA, seven o'clock on the East. But you also have. The Crusaders. Thankfully, they had the guts to keep their fucking name. Holy Cross traveling to Philadelphia to take on Villanova. Villanova's laying 13 and a half points. Connor Dijenhart, <laughs> I don't think he's there anymore. I, I don't think he's starting there anymore. But uh, what are you doing here, Nick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay the 13 and a half. I think the Wildcats are a pretty special mm. team this year. You know, I think Villanova is definitely going to win. Their quarterback, Daniel Smith, from Leesburg, Virginia, hey. right down the road oh. from our hometown, Sleesburg in the house. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, he's a senior QB, uh, you know, very good team leader there. I think he wins here, but I like Holy Cross to uh, keep it within arm's reach here. I think, I, I, in general, when FCS football, I like going with the dog here. Uh, so yeah, give me Holy Cross to cover Villanova. To, Villanova wins thirty-one uh, twenty-one. Holy Cross was down the whole game last week. This game was exciting. Was it against Sacred Heart? Right, if memory serves me correct. Yeah, they throw a just... fade, like a forty-yard fade, like ten seconds left in the game. Yeah, ridiculous. And, and a guy catches it and then fights his way into the end zone. He actually catches the ball around the two or three, fights his way into the end zone for the win. I want to say it was like. Destiny. Yeah. yeah. I want to say there was like 20 seconds left, but it, it wasn't a guarantee if he doesn't fight his way in there that they're getting the playoff, you know, yeah, yeah. on the next one. So hell of a, hell of an ending there. Uh, where, where Team you at destiny? Holy cross. I love it. You taking the crusaders plus 13 and a half against Nova. Look, Villanova handed JMU their only loss of the season by one point in the game. We led by two touchdowns with for most of the uh, game. I hate Villanova fun. <laughs> I actually don't. I think they're a cool program. I think they probably could have a place in the FBS. They one should day. jump up. They should jump up. Move Temple down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I also think Holy Cross is really good, and they've been beating the shit out of a lot of teams for a long time now. So I, I, I got to take them to cover this. All right. Well, six o'clock. Actually, no. Five o'clock on the west. Eight o'clock on the east. Oregon. Takes on Utah in the Death Star. Utah favored by three. This is a mistake. Oregon is should be the team that's favored, in my opinion, in the Death Star. Give me the Ducks. Quack quack. They win on the money line too. Take the three, but 
but also take the money line. Nick, what are you doing here? I'm right there with you again. I think it's the obvious spot here. Uh, you know, Utah won that game at home over Oregon, won by a lot. But this is different. You know, we're we're no longer in Salt Lake City, and I don't think Utah is like head and shoulders above Oregon by any means, especially not at home. So I like revenge game here for the Ducks. And guess what? I'm gonna lock that thing up. That is my lock here. Oregon Yay. plus three. Utah's not the same I like team. That too. Yeah. They, oh, I we, do, we, do we have a triple lock? Perhaps? We do not. In fact, I'm going to disagree with both of you. Okay. Like, let's calm down here. The dome, the 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 okay, the altitude advantage and the home field advantage for Utah is significant, right? And the dome favors Oregon style of play. But they got destroyed. What was it? Thirty-eight-seven. Yeah. They got annihilated. But isn't that motivation for Oregon? You're denying. You're you're just like ignoring the fact that Utah has a very good defense. And but that home crowd is everything. It's and no one wins at Rice Eccles. It sure it helps a lot. But 31 point difference. Look, I am taking Utah to win this thing outright. What, what's the spread on? They're getting two and a half. No, they're Utah's giving favored two and by half. three. Yeah. That's close. I think they got it about right. But I'm going to take Utah to cover that. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, still Friday night, six o'clock on the West, nine o'clock on the East. This is a great matchup, and I will take you to the land down under again. I went to this game, this exact game I went to in Missoula, Eastern Washington, with Eric Barriere, fucking star quarterback, travels to Missoula to take on Bobby Hawk and the Montana Grizzlies. You know, Missoula's gonna be rocking. I've been to this game in Missoula. It's fucking awesome. Give me Montana minus three. This crowd is going to be rocking, man. This place is a, this. I, I recommend to every listener to go to a fucking game at, at Montana, especially against the, the game I went to, which was against Eastern Washington, because this was an awesome college experience. Give me the Grizz minus three. Nick, what are you doing? You know, the one thing I wanted to do here was I wanted to check the weather. And uh, at kick, it's only supposed to be 45 degrees. There must be a, a heat wave going through Montana. Uh, and I think that benefits Eastern Washington and that very dangerous passing attack with uh, Eric Barriere and uh, that, that beast receiver, Lemu Jones. So uh, I'm going to ride Eastern Washington here. I just think they have the clear cut, better offense. They're going to be able to score some points here. Montana won at Washington this year, Nick. <laughs> Washington lost to lots of people. <laughs> Patty sees Wolverines. Uh, Patty, see what are you uh, doing? Also, here? Eastern Eastern Washington beat your your UNLV squad. They did in the Death Star. <laughs> Eastern Washington's offense is ridiculous. There, there's a stretch where they hit 63, 62, 50, 34, 63, 71. Yeah, <laughs> damn, damn. They have a an, an absolute ferocious offense. But last uh, last three games for uh, Montana. 35, nothing 30 to three and 29 to 10. That's a stout ass defense with a solid offense. Defense wins championships, baby. Let's go Montana. Let's go. Grizz. I will say, I love the fact that it's at Washington grizzly stadium. <laughs> I mean, that sounds bad. That is bad. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, like uh Jedediah Obadiah Springfield stadium, right? There. <laughs> or what is it? Grizzly Adams stadium. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Bastard, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a badass old dude. Yeah. Is basically. All right. So this is Friday's action. Um, look, we're going to go part two for all of Saturday's action. We got you covered here on the college football experience. So go check out part two and yeah, we are out of here for this one.